one constant through all the years, Ray, has been beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is helping nothing. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. We would be honored if you would join us. Recording in the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York. It's Beyond the Game. Now here's your host, Benson, and those guys. Welcome to the program. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or you can give them a call at 585-426-5024, Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Glad to have you on board. I'm here, Benson, with, well, those guys, the moron twins. <laughs> no acknowledgement, Darren. Usually, you know, you give me a little something. I'm not giving you anything. Your, your jokes aren't funny. I'm not laughing at we, them anymore. We've discussed this. If you don't laugh at them, I just continue to retell them. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Zach. Zach texted me earlier in the week about reports that the NHL is planning to make the All-Star game this year a three-on-three format. Of course, I hated the idea at first. I hated it and wondered why they would do that. What, is there not enough All-Stars or something? But then I learned that what they're actually planning, Zach, is a three-on-three tournament, which I actually think I kind of like this idea. I mean, let's be honest, the only All-Star game worth its salt is baseballs. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the skills competition in the NBA, especially love the, the skills competition in the NHL, but there's nothing enjoyable about those All-Star games. They're just, you know, played without a lick of defense, and there's absolutely nothing redeemable about the NFL's Pro Bowl. That, that unfortunate event is just simply unwatchable. I mean, does soccer even have one? I mean, they must, right? I, I, I'm I assuming they have to, but no one actually knows about it. The NHL's three-game tournament will have teams representing the two divisions from each conference. They'll play each other. And then the winners from the East and the West Conference will play for the championship as well as, quote, a large cash incentive. The three-on-three format will solve the no-defense problem of a regulation game as it's more of a wide-open style of play and plenty of back-and-forth action. I'm actually, Zach, intrigued by this idea, and I think I, I think it might be fun. I think so, too. And, I mean... Let's be honest, you and I were going to watch it anyways, because it's usually on the same day as the Pro Bowl. I like it, and it solves the problem for me, which was that it used to be, the teams used to be selected in a fantasy draft style, so you could have players from your favorite team on both sides and not know who to root for. So this takes care of that. Yeah, that that was awful. And that's what makes the NFL so bad, this team captain, draft your players. Does it surprise you that the Pro Bowl is as bad as it is? Because the NFL is king. Yeah, I just don't think you... There's a good time to do it. I don't think there's a good format to do it because the, the NFL is such a physical game that I think it becomes difficult to translate that into an all-star game. The Houston Rockets fired Kevin McHale after just 11 games into the season. The Rockets were 4-7, and seven, losers of four straight when McHale was dismissed. McHale acknowledged in his own words that it wasn't working. He said, we, we just weren't playing with any juice, with any rhythm. We haven't been able to get the problem solved. We probably had more meetings in the last six weeks than my previous four years here. That sounds like what goes on in this studio. <laughs> we haven't been playing with any juice, without any rhythm, haven't been able to get the problem solved. Yeah, that, that, that sums up what's happening here. I was surprised he got canned so early just because he just signed the, uh, the three year, $12 million. Well, that's extension. what, yeah, that makes it a little surprising. He just, he was in the first year of a three year extension. 
more, more than $12 million. He just signed that in December. This was his fifth season overall with the club. Additionally, the Rockets finished 56 and 26. They were the number two seed, I mm-hmm. believe, last year in the Western Conference. They reached the finals for the first time since 97. According to the reports, the players loved him. You know, I remember James Harden gushing about him last year in the playoffs. Speaking of Harden, though, he has not looked like the runner-up to the MVP race this year. Well, I agree, and the Rockets have looked bad, but I mean, come on, you're you're 11 games into the season for crying out loud. I, I know you lost four in a row, but you were before that skid, you were one game over 500. General Manager Daryl Worley, who I understand is supposed to be one of the better GMs in the league, said the team was not responding to Kevin. There's no timetable in the West, and I agree. Mm-hmm. The Western Conference is so loaded. You can't wait forever. Or you'll find yourself too far behind. But 11 games? I think what it basically came down to was their step, huge step backwards on defense. Like defense in the ABA, not that difficult. Mark your man, stay with him, and stop him. That's all effort. And they weren't giving it. So you're, he's absolutely right. So that then the some of this is on, on Dwight Howard. But 11 games? The Rockets were 4-7. and seven. They were in the 11th seed spot in the West. The eighth and final playoff spot only had five wins. If you need me to do the math, that's just one more win. <laughs> I did need you to do the math. Thank it's you. It's not even Thanksgiving. I mean, six wins, two more than what the Rockets had, was good enough for the fourth place seed currently in the conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, for that matter, while the Warriors are way out in front getting off to that undefeated start, the, the Spurs were in the second seed with eight wins. That means the Rockets need to make up four wins but I understand the pressure. They only have 71 more games to do it in. <laughs> and that was the thing that was crazy to me was you mentioned that contract that he just signed a few months ago. Like 11 games ago, they thought he was deserving of a three-year extension. Were they that bad in just 11 games that yeah, you throw see, that whole extension I, out? I, I like, saw a couple of their games, and they really did quit on him multiple times. The players just quit. They stopped playing. Yeah, well, that that should be on the players. And I understand you can't go replace all the players. But, I mean, I think... To players' league, I think the Rockets are going to regret this move if they don't get deep into the playoffs with whoever they bring in there that they think is going to be better than McHale. Then the GM should lose his job too. I, I just think it's a knee-jerk re- reaction. Bad job by the Rockets in this case. Before we get too far, I feel it'd be remiss if we didn't mention the horror of those who lost their lives in the cowardly attacks of last week. I hope that you'll honor the memory of those who died by praying for their loved ones left behind. Last Friday evening, after learning about the terrible attacks of terrorism in Paris as well as in the other places, sports became secondary, and rightly so. And that had not changed come Saturday morning. Saturday morning is when our program airs here in Rochester. I sort of felt guilty about it. There there were more important things than sports happening in the world. I was relieved slightly when I thought about the underlying message of our show, how Beyond the Game uses sports to talk about the things of Jesus Christ, and there's there's nothing more important than that. Yet we didn't send out our usual tweets. Usually Zach or I will send out a tweet reminding folks what the program's on or what we'd be discussing on the show, and somehow it just didn't seem appropriate in light of all that was happening in the world. There are many, many serious issues facing our world and our nation the threat of terrorism, the racial tension here in the U.S., Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, the events which unfolded at Mizzou, racism coming from both directions, white to black, black to white. And sports pales in comparison to these things. I've wanted to discuss the events at Mizzou, but 
really, apart from involving the football team, it just hasn't seemed like a good fit for this program. And there may be a time for that, but maybe when it more directly invokes sports. But sports does have a place, though. For those who enjoy the spirit of competition, sports is an entertainment that can offer a temporary escape from all the negative stuff happening in the world. And sure, I understand, there's negative stuff that happens in sports, and but that's why it's news, because it's out of place. It doesn't really belong. Sports is supposed to be about, well, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, not about murder, domestic violence, or cheating. I know the original Olympic Games were steeped in politicism, but when I spend three hours, if I'm going to watch a ball game, I want it to be like a good movie. I want it to be like a concert. I want it to give my mind a rest from the busy, everyday world, which is what was most disturbing, I think, about what happened in Paris. So many of these people were attacked while they were doing just that. They were supposed to be safe re- retreats. The savagery of these inhumane animals who carried out this attack on innocent people is is incomprehensible. And while they worship Allah now, they will one day bow before Jesus. And some of those who blew themselves up in the attacks were, I'm sure, unpleasantly surprised to find themselves a moment later standing in front of a God they never knew. Sports is a diversion. I enjoyed sports as far back as I can remember. But make no mistake about it, it's not my identity and it's not my life. If this show were about nothing but sports, I wouldn't want to be a part. Not that it would be wrong if I were, but it's not what I want to do. It's not what I want to be known for. I want to take any opportunity possible to tell you that Jesus is most certainly coming back. And if you are at all familiar with biblical prophecy, you know that the events like those we're seeing around the world are indications that his return is imminent. The time is short. We want to tell you that Jesus died for your sins, and he stands with open arms waiting to welcome you back. Sports should be viewed as what it is, a competition which entertains. And if you cannot watch a game or play a game without getting angry about the outcome, then don't watch or play the game. If you can't read a sports column without replying with mean, vile, hateful comments, don't read the column. The world needs Jesus. This is the single most message we could spread. So as we prepare to talk sports together over these next few moments, let's not forget to be thankful for those who gave their lives, giving us the liberty to do so. Let's not, re- let's remember that in all things, in all things, find a balance which is honorable and beneficial. And, and let's not put sports in a place of priority over family or over friends and, and most especially over God. Moments like those of last week should give us pause to consider our good fortune and the good fortune of those we love. And it should cause us to think, what if it were me? What then? Coming up later on the program, we'll be talking about the Shocking loss for Ronda Rousey? Or was it really all that surprising? A letter to Cam Newton? The war on daily fantasy sports, which really has my co-host Zach fit to be tied. <laughs> New York State is messing with his ability to, to gamble and bring home big money, bring home a little sugar for the little wi- lady waiting at home. Plus, we'll have some useless information for you. I'll tell you what was the most awesome thing I saw this week. All coming up this week. On Beyond the Game. I said shake, we the road. I said shake, we the road. I said shake, we the road. Folks, let me talk to you for just a second. You've heard us say time and time again on this show that our title sponsor, Town and Country Pest Solutions, are the best. We'd say that even if they weren't giving us money. You know why? Because they are the best. Maybe we just wouldn't say it as often. Hey, have you seen all those stink bugs out there? 
Don't squish them. That's where they get their name. Are they bothering you? Call Town and Country. Are mice or other furry critters using your home as an escape for the upcoming cold? Call Town and Country. Do you have bed bugs? Do you know someone who does? Call Town and Country. Their team of extremely knowledgeable professionals will get the job done for you. They'll be in, they'll be out, and they'll inconvenience you a lot less than those pesky critters have been. Town and Country Pest Solutions guarantees their work. Call Town and Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. So a fan of the Tennessee Titans was pretty disappointed with disappointed, I should say, with Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton after the game this past Sunday. So much so that she wrote an open letter to Newton and sent it to the paper. Let me, let, let me read you the letter. Dear Mr. Newton, congratulations on you. Actually, you know what? That's not going to give you the full effect of how much emotion was put into this letter. <laughs> let me read it to you this way. Dear Mr. Newton, congratulations on your win in Nashville today. Our team played well, but yours played better. Kudos to the Panthers organization. That game happened to be my nine-year-old daughter's first live NFL experience. She was surprised to see so many Panthers fans sitting in our section of the stadium. That doesn't happen much at fourth grade football games, as she was excited we were near the end zone, so we would be close to the action, particularly in the second half. Because of where we sat, we had a close-up view of your conduct in the fourth quarter. The chest puffs, the pelvic thrusts, the arrogant struts, and the in-your-face taunting of both the Titans players and fans. We saw it all. I refuse to believe that you don't realize you are a role model. You are paid millions of dollars every week to play hard and be a leader. In the off-season, you're expected to make appearances, support charities, and inspire young kids to pursue your sport and all sports. With everything the NFL has gone through in recent years, I'm confident they have advised that you are, by virtue of your position and career choice, a role model. And because you're a role model, your behavior brought out like behavior in the stands. Some of the Panthers fans in our section began taunting the hometown fans. Many Titan fans booed you, a few offering instructive but not necessarily family-friendly suggestions to how you might change your behavior. My daughter sensed the change immediately and started asking questions. Won't he get in trouble for doing that? Is he going to make people mad? Do you think he knows he looks like a spoiled brat? I didn't have great answers for her. And honestly, in an effort to minimize your negative impact of what was otherwise a really fun day, I directed her attention to the cheerleaders and mascot. I could tell she was still thinking about it as we boarded a shuttle back to our car. I guess he doesn't have kids or a mom at home watching the games, she added. I don't know about your family life, Mr. Newton, but I think I'm safe in saying thousands of kids watch you every week. You have amazing talent and an incredible platform to be a role model for them. Unfortunately, what you modeled for them today was egotism, arrogance, and poor sportsmanship. Is that what your coaches and mentors modeled for you, Mr. Newton? Of course, I think the letter's a bit over the top. Working in you ministry, think? yeah. You a sure? Li- a, a little 100% bit. 100% sure? 
Working in ministry, I, I've had an extensive involvement with young people over the years, enough to know that until they're in junior high, they're basically worthless. <laughs> just <laughs> even kidding. then. Just, just kidding, sort of. But in all my time with young people, I have a hard time believing her nine-year-old was asking these questions. Yeah, I call I, shenanigans on yeah, this. Maybe, but is it is it possible that somewhere, maybe this is just a bit somewhat over-exaggerated? I mean, won't he get in trouble for doing that? <laughs> is he trying to make people mad? Do you think he knows he looks like, come on, man. <laughs> and here's the clincher. I guess he doesn't have kids or a mom at home waiting, uh, watching the game. Here's where the Parent of the Year Award, though, went out the window for her. In an effort to minimize your negative impact in what was otherwise a really fun day, I redirected her attention to the cheerleaders and the mascot. <laughs> you mean the cheerleaders, the NFL cheerleaders that don't wear very many clothes? I, those I gotta tell you, lady, if you're setting NFL cheerleaders as a role <laughs> model for your nine-year-old daughter, Cam Newton is not your issue. <laughs> I mean, nothing against NFL cheerleaders. I, I'm sure in real life they're wonderful people, but dressed as they are on the sidelines and you want to talk about pelvic thrusts and stuff. <laughs> and by the way, I've seen some mascots being fairly inappropriate as well. I'm sorry. I'm just not sure I buy into this whole thing. I, I wonder if this isn't some sort of gag. The paper she sent her letter to, the Charlotte Observer, printed the letter for everybody to see and included her name. Well, now, here's the problem, and I feel awful for her. I, I realize, yes, the letter she was over the top. She deserves to be No, I'll tell you, Twitter's fear oh, Twitter's tracked, her down, tracked her down and began attacking her, I mean, in incredibly unfair ways. I do. I, f I feel bad for her. If she did indeed send this letter, I doubt very much she counted on the national reaction. I mean, people have been just horrible. You could poke a little fun. We just had a little fun with it. But the personal attacks and foul language and name-calling, I mean, I I'll go on the record. I think this is some sort of joke. Whether she's in on the joke or whether the joke's on her, somebody signed her name. But even so, this is somebody's mom. It's likely somebody's wife. It's somebody's daughter. Just because you have access to social media doesn't mean you have to use it to prove what level of a lowlife some of you really are. I mean, come on, be kind, be be responsible. Can't do it. <laughs> Sticking with the NFL, how amazing was Brett Favre's congratulatory message to Peyton Manning? That had to be the most awesome thing I saw this week. And now it's time for the most awesome thing I saw this week. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool. That's awesome. The fact that it was so random is what makes it so so awesome. What a Brett Favre thing to do. I, I wonder if these words have ever been said before in the history of man. Peyton, I'm in a tree stand. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen it, and if you haven't, I'm shocked. But he's in a tree stand videoing himself. Peyton, I'm in a tree stand. <laughs> it's like he went out of the way to show that he doesn't care that his record was broken. Brett Favre is the manliest quarterback ever. I disagree. Right? Who's more manly? Who's Tom, Tom Brady. No, he's too pretty. <laughs> Who's the top three manliest quarterbacks ever in the NFL? Favre, he's there. Hands Brett down. Favre's his top. He's probably unanimous for the top one, right? I would Between think. How, how do you, you can't be that more manly. No. I mean, I mean, Wrangler I, jeans. Yeah. Silver other, fox looks. beard hair has beard hair. <laughs> <laughs> But who else? Who else is in top three? Top three. Who would you put in there? Okay, I got to say, now this is going to sound crazy, 
and I realize he didn't play after the injury, but for Joe Theismann to break his leg the way he did and not ask to die, that's pretty manly. Yeah, but you know what? He changed his name to sound to that was the pronunciation of his name. Mm-hmm. It was it was never Theismann. He changed that so that it would rhyme with Heisman, like the Heisman Trophy. Now I like him even more. If yeah, you're so trying that, to talk him down, no, I like no, no, him more. That, now. That's that's not manly. That's not manly <laughs> at all. I think, and you're probably going to kill me for this one. I think Peyton Manning, because each of the last few years he's been great and then bad, and then we find out, like last year, he's playing with two torn quads. Like, how do you even walk with two torn quads, let alone play? And then this year he played with a torn fascia. I know he hasn't been good in a while, but to play through injuries like that has been oppressive. Ben, Benson, think, you're going to hate this one. I think Peyton Manning can get honorable mention. What about Tony Romo? That guy plays through some serious injuries all the time. I realize you're a Giants fan. Try to take your bias out of this. You have to agree. That guy well, is tough. I will take my bias out of it because what about Roger Staubach? I mean, missed his first season because, you know, he was just in the Naval Academy. He's got to, he's got to be in the top three. Troy Aikman, another Dallas Cowboy. He's got to be. Got his head taken off 300 times. Johnny Unitas is another one. That flat top haircut. Is that why he's in? He's he's manly because he had a flat top haircut. Johnny Unitas was pretty manly. I had a flat top haircut. Does that mean I'm manly? You're you're not built like Johnny Unitas. (laughs) What about uh, Jim Kelly? I mean, it's been since his career, but he's beat cancer twice. That's pretty tough. I I give him honorable mention. I give Bart Starr honorable honorable mention. But notice how he's he's naming all old quarterbacks because he's old. You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. <laughs> no, that's I, I gave you Brett Favre. I gave you Troy Aikman. They're not. Tony Romo. You yeah. have to agree. You guys played with some disgusting injuries, man. Yeah. I'll, let's go honorable mention for Tony Romo. So, so okay, you, we've named about 15 quarterbacks here. Who are your top three then? Brett Favre, yes. Roger Staubach, Johnny Unitas. Mm. Top three manliest. Qu- I, I got to tell you, I feel a little awkward just having this segment. Does Ryan Fitzpatrick sneak in just for the beard? That is a great beard. <laughs> that is a great beard. We're going to give him honorable mention too because that is that is a great beard. Did you see the video of him running away from the Bills last week where his yeah, eyes that wasn't just get huge? Oh, that I was did hilarious. see that. Yeah, I watched that, it on loop. Funny. It was great. Yeah, that that was that was good. I stuff. imagine that's how we would all look running away. In fact, as long as we're talking about the NFL, let's play NFL shenanigans. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean his shenanigans are cruel and tragic, which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. Zach's going to throw. Out, I'll give you the rules here, Dad. Zach is going to throw out a couple of statements, and each of us will. We'll either agree with the statement or we'll call shenanigans on it. Here's a simple rule. If you go more than a brief explanation with your answer, by brief I mean you got three or four sentences. More than that, your mic is muted for the rest of the game and your opinion is invalidated, (laughs) which is really more of a penalty, obviously, for you guys and really kind of a reward for those of listening to the show. Wait, are these true? Are these? Yeah, he's gonna make. He's gonna give us a statement, okay. and we're either gonna agree or call shenanigans, and and so will Zach. Okay, the Baltimore Ravens will be in the playoffs next year. Shenanigans, they're terrible. They have Joe Flacco at quarterback. See, I agree. They were my Super Bowl pick for this year, and I think they're much better. <laughs> that didn't work out than their two and seven record suggests. I think it's a true statement. 
they have a lot of talent and a very good general manager and a very high draft pick. All right, so we got two agrees and one shenanigans. What's the next one? Packers fans should just R-E-L-A-X. They're going to be fine. I agree, mostly. They need to get Aaron Rodgers on track for sure, but, you know, with the Vikings playing so well, having to come through as a wild-card team without the luxury of having home games at Lambeau, that's going to hurt their chances. So I agree, but I say mostly. I agree because they have Aaron Rodgers. What professional player in any sport doesn't go through a rough period? He's Aaron Rodgers. He'll be back. They'll be fine. I call shenanigans. I think their running game is terrible. They really miss Jordy Nelson, and their defense is not great. All right, again, two agrees and one shenanigans. All right, Tom Coughlin's inability to manage the clock late in games will cost him his job. Well, you start it, Zach. What do you think? I think it will. I think his his time there has run its course, and he has directly cost them several games with the clock management. I think he's done. I completely agree with Zach. I think it's time for Tom Coughlin to go. Well, I'll keep the trend of two to one continuing because I call shenanigans on this. Of course you do. Against the Patriots, Eli Manning changed that play at the end of the game. Coughlin doesn't even call the plays anyhow. Now, I'm not sure he's going to be welcomed back if the Giants miss the playoffs, but I think both he and the organization are both very, very classy. I wouldn't be surprised if he just walked away and called it a career if the Giants miss the playoffs. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Don't miss the annual Race with Grace 10K on Thanksgiving morning. The Race with Grace 10K is a USA track and field certified road race established in 1991 and benefits Cure Childhood Cancer Association. The race begins at 9 a.m. Thanksgiving morning in front of First Bible Baptist Church on Manitou Road in Hilton and follows a flat, fast course that encompasses Latta, Manitou, North Greece, and Frisbee Hill Roads. Pre-registration is $20. The entry fee includes a technical long sleeve t-shirt, plenty of food and refreshments, complete computerized race results, Results available online, and if you're in the right place at the right time, a finishing photo. Awards are given to the top male and female finishers in the Open Masters, Veterans, and Seniors categories, as well as the top 10% in each of the 31 age groups. The Race with Grace 10K is the final race of the Rochester Runner of the Year series and attracted over 1,200 runners last year. Run the Race with Grace 10K this Thanksgiving morning and help benefit the Cure Childhood Cancer Association. For more information, visit gandtathletics.com. That's gandtathletics.com or call 392-0777. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. I wish I had told this to someone prior because obviously no one's going to believe it. But there were several moments last Saturday I'm watching college football, and I see the promo scrolling at the bottom for the Ronda Rousey fight later that later that night. And I thought to myself, you know, there's a chance she loses this fight. Sure. Yeah, you I know. See, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I thought Holly Holm was a better fighter. I, I, I don't even follow the MMA that closely. I, I wasn't thinking that she might lose because she was out of shape or overconfident or distracted as I've heard all those things in the day since that that's what she was. But I did wonder only maybe briefly if because she had reached this level of invincibility, if it weren't better for UFC if she actually lost so that they could market a rematch. I mean, some of the interest and intrigue is lost when 
regardless of the sport, one of the opponents is overly dominant, people begin to dismiss it. They they lose interest in it. But I, I don't know. I guess MMA to me seems so raw that I think it'd be hard to fix a fight. Maybe, like I said, I don't I don't really follow it that closely. But I don't think that was the case. I'm not suggesting it was fixed. But I did think to myself that she she might lose this fight. And by the way, the image that rapper Fifty Cent set out on on his tweet was just it was morbid and unfunny. And I don't care as some have suggested that Floyd Mayweather was behind it, but it was in poor taste. It showed. Rousey photo cropped into that scene from what was it, Rocky Three, where uh, Sylvester Stallone is holding the head of uh, Apollo Creed, who just been killed in the ring, and Creed was replaced in, in the image. They photo cropped Ronda Rousey there, and it was just low class. It was yeah, it was mo- no, it was low class. It was morbid. It was uh the loss was stunning for certain, but I mean, did she look out of shape to you guys? She looked bad in that fight. Home, <laughs> home beat her in every sense. She looked like she's in better shape than me. I mean, that's not saying <laughs> much, but so I don't yeah, know. I mean, that just seemed like such an absurd suggestion to me. Some sports fans, though, are maybe, maybe the most fickle group of people on the planet. How quickly they lose confidence in their team or trade in their support for a particular player when they go in a slump. I was, I was texting a friend during the Giants Patriots game and it was at the end of the third quarter. End of the third quarter when he was congratulating me on the Giants' win and telling me that the Patriots blew it. I mean, it was a one-score game, but it could have gone either way. But he had already thrown in the towel. He had already given up. And you Bills fans are the same way. Hey, we have Listen, a reason for that. After the Jets scored, Twitter's fear was exploding with Bills fans just climbing up on the rail of the bridge, getting <laughs> ready to jump. I was one of them. Oh, I've never been that way about my teams, and there's nothing special about me. Because I mean, you're not a Bills fan. Well, I... Listen, you don't, have a, you don't have a lifetime of disappointment. What about the Knicks? That's bad, too. I mean, I went a long time with the Yankees, too. <laughs> I, I'm old enough to remember some bad times. You are definitely old. I mean, like, for instance, this Giants game, I thought the Giants' defense would have trouble with the Patriots, but I, I wasn't thrown in the towel. But some of the comments about Rousey after the fight by people who claim to have been a fan of hers are fantastically hypocritical. She was too this or... She was too that or too focused on Hollywood and Monday morning quarterbacks. Well, yeah, Darren, yeah. I mean, maybe she just lost. Do you ever think of that? Give her opponent some credit. This is, after all, why they play the games, why they fight the fights. I mean, isn't it possible that she just had an off night? I mean, you ever have a, a, a day that just kicks your butt? Yeah, but she's quoted as saying she would die in the ring before she'd lose, so you uh, can't really have a bad is, day after yeah, that. Yeah, but how much of that is marking? I get it. But I read an article where the female writer, this was a female writer, seemed to be conflicted between being happy that Rousey had lost and yet wanting to still be PC and express her support for her fellow woman making a go of it in the male-dominated sports world. She said that, quote, The more we learn about athletes and the men and women who inspire, excite, and thrill us, the riskier it feels to put our faith in them. The writer referenced Rousey dating a man who had been accused of domestic violence, as well as an excerpt from her book where she admits to beating up an ex-boyfriend. The writer implied that Rousey was a hypocrite because she's dating this guy, accused, mind you, accused of domestic violence, after publicly feuding with Floyd Mayweather over his history of domestic violence. And she concludes her article by saying that Rousey is another example of a hero who has come up short. Now, here's the deal. Ronda Rousey, like every other athlete, public figure, or the guy leading your kid's local Boy Scout club, is a human being. 
I'm not making excuses for her or defending her. While I think every person on the planet should be trying to conduct themselves as best they can, I know they won't be able to. And compared to some of the despicable acts we've seen in pro sports, listen, Ronda Rousey dating this guy seems like fairly mild. Again, I'm not making excuses for her, defending her, condoning her. Frankly, I don't know enough about her to be able to do that. And I've said this time again, if you don't want to be disappointed, don't place your faith in people. People are fallible, and even the best of them will let you down. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17.9 that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who, who can understand it? I love my wife, and I love my children more than I can say. Despite that fact, you know, sometimes I let them down. Sometimes I just make a poor decision, and when I do, I'm, man, I'm so glad I'm not out there like professional athletes are. You know what? Rousey is another example. She is. She's an example of someone who's come short, but, but so are you, and so are I. And, you know, listen, lady who wrote the article, if you want to root for her or not, it makes no difference. If you want to be glad she lost, be glad she lost. But if you only want to root for people who are guaranteed to not let you down, man, I'm sorry. There's just there's no one like that to, to cheer for. When people let other people down, when I disappoint my wife or my children, it's usually not intentional. I'll admit sometimes I'm selfish. Sometimes I, you know, I don't think things all the way through, but I usually don't intend to go out there and disappoint them. It just, it just happens, which is what brings me back to my original point. Why did I think Rousey may in fact lose this fight? Well, because sometimes things just happen. And I'm not suggesting it just happened in a way that neither fighter's preparation impacted the outcome. Of course it did. But I want to use this as an illustration for being prepared to fight sin in our lives. Whether you're a believer in Christ or not, we're all sinners. Believers are just forgiven of their sins for this very simple reason. They've asked. Holly Holm was well prepared for this fight. She anticipated her opponent's strategy, and she was not caught off guard. Rousey, too, prepared. But Holly Holm, being a former boxer, had has a fighting style Rousey had not had an encounter before. I have no idea if it really how much of a surprise it was to her, but she obviously wasn't full prepared because she got beat up pretty good. And she wasn't equipped to battle it. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour, seeking someone to devour. The devil's not necessarily looking for your pastor. He's not necessarily looking for some Christian leader. He's willing to trip up anybody. In fact, he doesn't care if he trips up a believer or a non-believer. By doing so, he can rob a believer of his effectiveness, or he can keep a non-believer from ever getting to the point where they come to a relationship with Christ. Like home, we need to be prepared. As First Peter says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Keep a clear head about you. Let me give you a practical example. If you know you have a problem with alcohol, that that's an area of temptation and is particularly hard for you to overcome, avoid situations where that may become an issue. That may mean declining certain invitations or not being part of certain things. You don't have to go into great detail, just respectfully decline. Or avoid being in compromising situations with someone of the opposite sex. I'll tell you, there are few exceptions that I'd be willing to drive a woman home alone in my car. I just don't, I don't want that. Not that I 
think I have a problem with that, but I know things just have a way of just happening. And I prefer to be watchful of what my enemy may send my way. Can I tell you, you guys know me, right? I think so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised Maybe. if some hot woman hit on me. You? <laughs> you do look like Channing Tatum. I, listen, I know this, though. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened, and I am serious about that, but not because of me, because I know that the devil would be deceiving her, would be deceiving me, uh, looking to devour either one. I, this is serious stuff. Society has gotten to the place where it's because people have given up being watchful in exchange for whatever satisfies. But just because Ronda Rousey lost doesn't mean it's over for her. She's been a great champion for the UFC. She deserves a rematch. She'll pick herself up. She'll brush herself off. And she'll begin preparing again, taking extra notice, of course, of those things that maybe she missed the first time around. If you've messed up, as we all have, you can do that same thing. Pick yourself up, regroup, bring it to God. Rousey will confer with her coaches. Home will as well, knowing that Rousey's going to fight differently next time. But you and I can confer with the one who created the very stars. Regroup and give it another go. This is Benson. I'm here with those guys, and you're listening to Beyond the Game. Folks, let me talk to you for just a second. You've heard us say time and time again on this show that our title sponsor, Town & Country Pest Solutions, are the best. We'd say that even if they weren't giving us money. You know why? Because they are the best. Maybe we just wouldn't say it as often. Hey, have you seen all those stink bugs out there? Don't squish them. That's where they get their name. Are they bothering you? Call Town & Country. Are mice or other furry critters using your home as an escape for the upcoming cold? Call Town & Country. Do you have bed bugs? Do you know someone who does? Call Town & Country. Their team of extremely knowledgeable professionals will get the job done for you. They'll be in, they'll be out, and they'll inconvenience you a lot less than those pesky critters have been. Town & Country Pest Solutions guarantees their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Hey, it's Benson. I hope you enjoy the program. We've set out to bring you a different kind of sports talk show. We want to be entertaining, of course, but we also have a message to share, and that's the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that God is glorified through the show's mixing of sports, humor, and faith, and our goal is that the program appeals to everyone. After all, it's not a faith program with sports. It's a sports program with faith. While we do feature advertisers, the show, however, is predominantly listener-supported. And you can help by going to our website, btgprogram.com, and making a one-time donation or even becoming a recurring supporter. In fact, over the next few weeks, we're praying for 30 at 30. That's 30 people who will give $30 a month for one year. Your gift will help us reach untold thousands, many of whom may never step foot into a church. Whatever you feel comfortable doing, I want you to know that we are grateful for your prayers, and we appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Game. You know what frosts my fanny? You watch your language. Did that totally frost your fanny? Get off my lawn. Man, that'll frost your fanny. If your life had a face, I would punch it. That really frosts my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did. I'm a big fan 
of Vietnamese chicken soup. Faux soup and Love spring it. rolls. Yeah. I, I, you know, I said that to a guy once. I said, I'm going to go get some chicken, Vietnamese chicken and get some <laughs> faux soup and spring rolls. The guy got all indignant, indignant, indignant. Why there's some words I just can't say? He got all indignant with me. He, he like put his nose in the air. He adjusted his bow tie. He looks down at me over top the rim of his glasses and he says, don't you mean pho? I think, whatever, dude. You know? <laughs> You're my hero for introducing me to this stuff. Anyway, the the best place in the city in Rochester is called C. Southeast Asia Restaurant. They have two locations, one on Monroe Avenue, one in Mount Hope Plaza. But Metzger here actually tipped me off to a place where, while the soup isn't as good, the spring rolls are amazing. I go out of my way to get these spring rolls. They are amazing. But I'm going to tell you what frosts my fanny about this place. Two things. One, when I call ahead, it's because I don't want to stand there in your restaurant <laughs> waiting while you're talking about me in Vietnamese. <laughs> I, and I, I don't know that they're really doing that, actually. But why in they the world are. do you have me waiting? Why did you wait till I got there? <laughs> That's why I called ahead. And secondly, please have somebody who can speak English answer the phone <laughs> when I do call. The other night I called the place in order. I was going to be in the area. I figured, all right. I'll pick up two rolls, two orders of spring rolls. This will be awesome. So I state my order, and the guy on the phone says, "Eh, (laughs) what what was that? You own a business in America. Speak English. I repeat the order. I'd like two orders of spring rolls, please. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, I hang up. I'm like, I'm not feeling like playing along on this particular night. Just forget it. I'm not going to get my spring rolls. About half an hour later, my phone rings. They want to know when I'm picking up my one order of spring rolls. How about never? Never. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> but, awesome. But, man, they're so good. And now I'm thinking about caving and going back with my tail between my legs. Like, yeah, all right, I'll take those spring rolls now. That's awesome. I didn't know that happened to you. Zach, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the NHL. Why not me? Zach, I want to talk to you a few <laughs> minutes about the NHL. I see some things that are... Really surprising to me. So being our analyst guy, I want to ask you what's going on. For instance, man, the New York Rangers, are they really this good? There'll be a game between the time we record this and the time that's here, but they're 14-2, and 30 points. Thursday night they'll be playing for, what, their 10th straight win? Yep. I mean, they're off to a tremendous start. Are they really this good? Well, you know I love to talk about the Rangers. The incredible thing about the start that the Rangers have had is that they actually – are a better team than what they're showing. Their top scorer from last season, Rick Nash, who's their every year all-star, scored 40-something goals last year. He's only got two goals. He's not scoring. Chris Kreider, who people thought would score 25 to 30, he hasn't been scoring. They've really ridden the goaltending of Henrik Lundqvist, who everybody knows is good. They've gotten scoring, uh, from Matt Zuccarello and Broussard Hayes, uh, rookie center, Oscar Lindbergh, who's second in the league in goals among rookies. Uh, but eventually, Nash and Kreider are going to start scoring, and I think you might see them even be better than what they've been. The Dallas Stars, the Montreal Canadiens, are also off to similar starts. They've got 30 points each. I anticipated the Canadiens being strong, though, honestly, I didn't think they'd be this strong. I don't know if they'll keep it up. But the Stars, while I thought maybe a playoff team, they've surprised me at how well they've played out of the gate. I was kind of surprised going through the numbers when you mentioned these two teams in particular because they turned out to be the numbers one and two teams in goals per game in the league, the two highest scoring teams. The Stars have a 3.58 goals per game. They're second in the league in close shot percentage, which what that tells me is they're getting 
a lot of shots from prime scoring areas, and they're putting them in the net. I mean, they're just... Thanks for translating that, by the way. <laughs> that was nerd speak, and then he translated it for the rest of us. But they, they brought in Antti Niemi, and he's really been good in goal for them. And then they've gotten scoring from their blue line, from guys like John Klingberg. And, and not only are they very good, but they're very young. I think they can sustain this for a long time. They're making me look good for sticking with them and picking them for the playoffs again. The Buffalo Sabres are also playing real respectively. I mean, they're right around 500, right? Eight and nine. Yeah, as we record this, they're one game under. But uh, I mean, that doesn't sound exciting, but consider that at this point last year, they were 3-13-2. and two. Yeah. So, I mean, the improvement is, is visible on the ice and off the ice. Uh, Jack Eichel has been what we all thought he was going to be. A lot of the prospects we've been hearing about for years and years are actually contributing at the NHL level now. So, I mean, they're not, they were never going to be a playoff team overnight, but the arrow is definitely pointing in the right direction for them. Looking at the other side of the coin, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who you know I follow, the Anaheim Ducks have both stumbled out of the gate. I expected these teams to, to challenge for the right to play for a cup. And I think both of these teams have offenses that can put together win streaks that'll help them climb up, but they've been a little disappointing. Yeah, and it, these are two teams that we thought were going to score goals in bunches and just hasn't happened. Tampa's power play is 19th in the league, which surprised me because that's a power play that last season, especially in the playoffs against the Rangers, you'd see them come on the power play and you would just not even want to watch because you knew it was going to be a goal. And the, the biggest issue with them is that that triplets line of Johnson, Kucherov, and Palat that really drove their offense last year has been so bad that at one point they actually were split up. Um uh, those three combined for a total of seven goals through the first 20 games. I mean, those three guys that drove your offense and they're just doing nothing. And, and the rest of the team is good, but not good enough to carry the team when that whole line is bad. And the Ducks, I looked up some numbers for the Ducks. Somehow, they're 27th in the league in power play percentage at 14.3. I mean, it, it's just, I don't understand how they're that bad. Their shooting percentage is the second lowest in the league which means finishing on their chances. They're getting their shot chances. They're possessing the puck, but it's not going in the net, whether that's through their system that they're playing in or if their guys suddenly just can't finish. But I, Corey Perry, one of the top scorers in the league, he's got five goals. It's just suddenly they cannot get the puck in the net. So if you're playing Tampa Bay Lightning or Anaheim Ducks people in daily fantasy sports, you're losing money. Yeah. Oh, I have two of the three triplets on one of my fantasy teams. So no one in New York's losing money on that, though. <laughs> it won't be soon. A couple months ago, we discussed daily fantasy sports sites and if they were gambling and how should a Christian respond. This was prior to sites such as DraftKings and FanDuel coming under uh, political scrutiny the way they have been here recently in opposition from the New York State Attorney General Eric Schneiderman. This past week, Schneiderman filed an injunction, an injunction cool. on New York State Supreme Courts to stop daily fantasy companies from allowing New Yorkers to play. Actually, I should say that they should stop doing business or that he wants them to stop doing business with customers in New York. But he says they're welcome to do business with other customers from their New York offices. You know, as long as they're paying rent, they're okay with that. <laughs> While having received cease and desist letters, both companies are saying they're going to fight this thing. Of course, why wouldn't they? Uh, has some effect here on you guys. You guys are participate and you do so from within New York State. Mm -hmm. I don't think there needs to be any debate on whether or not it's gambling. It is. I, I think we talked about that last time. From New York's perspective, 
Their products are based on future events, which are not under the better's control. The, the better doesn't have any influence. Now, I know you guys say otherwise, that there is some element of control, but here, here's an instance. You got Julian Edelman. You started Julian Edelman last week against the Giants. Strong play, considering how the Giants' defense was playing, but you lost control when he got hurt in the game. Mm-hmm. So there is, it is a game of chance. And um, now, how much chance? How much skill? I, I realize there is some skill. Nobody's under any false illusion, though, are they? That New York State is, you know, just being a hero here, defending its, no. its citizens no, no. from the mean and evil kind of. This is about one thing, right? This money. Is, this about is money, about yeah. money. And the state is due. Several other states and Congress are all standing by watching with great interest to see what happens. They want more regulation. They want more taxes. They want more fees. Mm -hmm. The DFS sites are saying that they're not sports books as the state would like to label them, as as would other gambling organizations, because they don't benefit from one side winning or the other. What they're saying is, is we just simply take a percentage. It's usually around 9% of the entry fee. They take a percentage. And the companies argue that that's not that's not gambling, that's not betting. But we're not fooled by that. We're not fooled by New York State saying no. you know they're stepping in. But we're not fooled by that. You can call it whatever you want. But the reality is that money being risked in the game, it, it's a bet. The sides are scheduled to meet November twenty fifth. I guess we'll get a decision. But if it's gambling, and I believe it is. What should a believer in Christ, or, or I should say, how should a believer in Christ respond? I mean, I think you respond the same way as you would to many casinos throughout the state. The horse races, the, the high lot, these industries are regulated, they're closely monitored, they're paying their fair share, probably more than their fair share. But while you might be able to maybe perhaps put a, uh, apply stewardship principles to this case, um, the Bible doesn't actually say don't gamble. But obviously, personal responsibility weighs large in this consideration. Most people, most people playing are not not winning money. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I should say most people playing are not investing a lot of money. They're not spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But the stat that would, would blew me in mind, statistics say, and I'm stumbling to say that, but statistics show that 89, 89% of people lost money. Stats are for losers. They really <laughs> In 2013, 2014, 89% of the people lost money. It's a small percentage of people who make the most winnings. According to the Attorney General's office, the reality is like poker, blackjack, horse racing, a small percentage of professional gamblers use research, software, large bank rolls to extract a disproportionate share of DFS jackpot. Now, here's the deal. These sites sort of have to play ball with the state, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's a lot of participants from New York State, and they need these people. So somewhere along the line, a deal gets done. Here's where I think New York State is actually doing New Yorkers a disservice. What's going to happen is they're going to end up cutting this deal where New Yorkers can continue to play, but it's going to cost DraftKings and FanDuel more. They're going to have to pay the state more. Logically, the result of that is it's going to, increase increase the prices people who want to play so we are now going to be able to continue playing but it's going to cost us more and here's my concern with that and the state points this out that because there is some element of control 
that somebody who's got a compulsive gambling issue might be more at risk because they believe they're controlling the situation. That could lead them to invest more money and eventually, really, if the statistics hold up, lose more money. This is not going away. You know, I listen, here's the point I would leave before we go to break. Christian, if you're going to be involved in, in gambling at any level of investment, make sure you've discussed it with God. Take it to God. Make sure this is prayed over. Make sure that your hands are clean on it. And if God, if you got a clean heart, clean mind, then have at it, you know, obviously with responsibility, but be in regular prayer about it. Make sure you've, you're not sacrificing your family. Make sure you're not sacrificing your tithe. Make sure you're giving offerings to the church. Uh, that is your obligation, but make sure God is the Lord of your finances and don't pray just once. Make it habitual prayer so that you can be sure you can hear his voice. Should he ever step in and say, you know what? Take a break. I got a missionary in need. I got a ministry in need. I got a radio program in need. Uh, <laughs> make sure you're, you're keeping it regular. Prayer. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Beyond the Game brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Don't miss the annual Race with Grace 10K on Thanksgiving morning. The Race with Grace 10K is a USA track and field certified road race established in 1991 and benefits Cure Childhood Cancer Association. The race begins at 9 a.m. Thanksgiving morning in front of First Bible Baptist Church on Manitou Road in Hilton and follows a flat, fast course that encompasses Latta, Manitou, North Greece, and Frisbee Hill Roads. Pre-registration is $20. The entry fee includes a technical long sleeve t-shirt, plenty of food and refreshments, complete computerized race results, Results available online, and if you're in the right place at the right time, a finishing photo. Awards are given to the top male and female finishers in the Open Masters, Veterans, and Seniors categories, as well as the top 10% in each of the 31 age groups. The Race with Grace 10K is the final race of the Rochester Runner of the Year series and attracted over 1,200 runners last year. Run the Race with Grace 10K this Thanksgiving morning and help benefit the Cure Childhood Cancer Association. For more information, visit gandtathletics.com. That's gandt athletics.com or call 392-0777. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game program is Town and Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com fearing nothing but God. At the end of each show, we go around the room and give you our pests of the week. My pests this week, and I hate to do this because we all know I love the gingers. <laughs> and, and I'll need to keep this a secret for my two ginger kids because they believe gingers need to stick together. But Cincinnati quarterback, a Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, I should say, Andy Dalton was my pest of the week. Not for yet another subpar performance in prime time. But being so overly sensitive regarding J.J. Watt's comments after their loss to the Texans Monday night, Watt said our goal was to come out here and make the Red Rifle look like the Red Rider BB gun, and I think we did this. <laughs> now, first of all, that's just dumb. That's Bad just like, trash talking. Yeah, that's – come on. You, you, your trash talking game is better than that. But Dalton had this to say at the press conference. I'm disappointed in him to, I mean, the integrity of this game. You know, I have a lot of respect for him. He, he plays a really good player. And so there's a lot of, a lot of kids and a lot of people that look up to him. 
And for him to make comments like that, they mean, he's just showing that, you know, yeah, that's acceptable to, to, to do that kind of stuff and say that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, it's disappointing for one of the best players in this league to come out and say something like that. Um, so, you know, that's all I'm going to say about that. I think JJ's a good player. Um, but for him to be one of the best in this league and to show that integrity and to show that type of, you know, it shows what he's about, which is, which is disappointing. I mean, come on, man. Lighten up. Watt didn't really say anything all that landish. In fact, he acknowledged <laughs> how well Dalton's been playing, called him the Red Rifle, which of course is his nickname. And he, all he said basically was they had a game plan to take him off his game and make him look like the Red Rider BB gun. Andy Dalton, and for that matter, overly sensitive people everywhere, <laughs> is my pest of the week. My pest of the week was going to be the Jaguars color rush uniforms because they are just awful. But my, my pest of the week is J.J. Watts trash talking. You are possibly the best defensive player in the NFL. You have reached the pinnacle of your sport, and that's your trash talking game? Just step your game up. My pest of the week is J.J. Watts trash talking skills. J.J. Watt does better trash talking in his Verizon commercials <laughs> or whatever commercials those are. My pest of the week, President Barack Obama, who I'm sure is listening and is probably very upset, he said that he compares himself and the difficulties he faces as president, to Aaron Rodgers. He said he's like Aaron Rodgers. Well, there are several reasons that this is a false statement, the most obvious of which is that Aaron Rodgers is actually good at his job. <laughs> <laughs> president Barack Obama, my pest of the week. You're going to get hate mail for that one. You know that whole, I read that interview with Bill Simmons in GQ Magazine. and uh, you tell me you get GQ magazine? No, I read it online. I, I can tell. I mean, you dress just like the the Look men at this in GQ. That sweater, of course. That I get sweater GQ. is amazing. For some reason, Bill Simmons just gets under my skin. Gets under everybody's skin. Thanks for being with us this week on Beyond the Game. Let us hear from you at BTG Program on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Have a happy Thanksgiving this coming week. And in addition to giving thanks to the one from whom all good things come, let someone know how thankful you are that. They're a part of your life. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or give them a call, 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. As always, thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Hey, it's Benson. I hope you enjoy the program. We've set out to bring you a different kind of sports talk show. We want to be entertaining, of course, but we also have a message to share, and that's the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that God is glorified through the show's mixing of sports, humor, and faith, and our goal is that the program appeals to everyone. After all, it's not a faith program with sports. It's a sports program with faith. While we do feature advertisers, the show, however, is predominantly listener-supported. And you can help by going to our website, btgprogram.com, and making a one-time donation or even becoming a recurring supporter. In fact, over the next few weeks, we're praying for 30 at 30. That's 30 people who will give $30 a month for one year. Your gift will help us reach untold thousands, many of whom may never step foot into a church. Whatever you feel comfortable doing, I want you to know that we are grateful for your prayers, and we appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Game.